We are the dark children spawn of the incubus. Depths of the nighttime are the lands we command. We hold the life power, try not to anger us. Tread soft the fine line, there is death near at hand. Is it better to be feared or loved? For love is an illusion of the senses, and fear is a truth of the soul. Conrad Kurz, Primarch of the Eighth Legion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a Battlefleet Gothic podcast set in the Age of Darkness. I am here with our master excruciator, Austin. Hooray! And today, yeah, uh, he may not be... He may not think himself a master excruciator, but he certainly excruciated me plenty of times in the void. Certainly, if you've listened to me talk long enough, you'll think it's excruciating. Yes, well, we all have our talents. Indeed, and it can't always be murder. Yeah. Uh, so, as it's probably aware, or probably obvious, we're going to talk about Night Lords today. Uh, Night Lords are the other sneaky legion but who are mostly known for not fighting fair at all it's true fair fights are for suckers and if the night lords are fighting you you deserve everything you get according to them yes uh, it's, it's a good little it's a good caveat <laughs> to put at the end because they have definitely skinned babies like yeah they're not nice people Anyway, if you, were, if you were ever wondering what side the bad guys were on in the Horus Heresy, the Night Lords. Yeah. Wherever yeah. they it's, are, it's, they, that is where the bad guys are. Yeah. If you are fighting and you think it all good and just, and suddenly you look over and there's some dudes in blue armor with bat wings on their helmets. And they're not the trying to murder you. Yeah, you're the bad guy. No. You're the bad guys. So, uh... We'll, we'll get right into it. The Night Lords, killers and murderers to a man, the Night Lords delight in sowing despair. Enemy fleets beware, for there are monsters between the stars. Their Gloriana is the Nightfall. The Night Lords' special rule is called Nowhere to Hide. Never a legion to fight fair, the Night Lords had no qualms about butchering an enemy crew to disable a ship, and were adept at seeking out those most weakened in battle and finishing the job with ruthless precision. So the Night Lord's rule actually has um, two parts to it. The first part is that ships with a Stardace crew do not have to pass a leadership check to fire on a crippled ship if it is not the closest target. So normally, if you want to shoot at something in Battlefleet Gothic that isn't the closest target, you know, maybe there's escorts right in front of you, but there's a crippled battleship way further in the back that's still handing out 60-centimeter lance shots that you don't want to have to deal with, then uh, you would have to take a leadership check to fire at that battleship instead of the escorts. The Night Lords don't have to, provided that their target is in fact crippled. Uh, but the second part of their rule is that whenever you launch a hit-and-run attack from a Night Lords Astartes vessel, then instead of inflicting a regular critical hit, you can elect to subtract a point of uh, leadership from the target vessel per successful hit-and-run attack. So if you have a uh, Styx carrier 
and you launch all six bays uh, with dread claws, and all six dread claws make it onto a target, then instead of doing a critical hit with those dread claws, you can subtract six points of leadership from the target for the rest of the turn. Um, or you can mix and match. You can do three points of leadership and three critical hits. You know, I don't know how you managed to get so lucky that um, yeah, <laughs> that that all six made it through. But you know, yeah, we don't know how that happens. Um, yeah. But if it did, it would be awesome. And this is really a fun trick. Um, well, really, both both are fun tricks. But I I like the hit and run because there's a lot of times where you do a critical hit and it doesn't like it, it doesn't work out for you right like you're on a ship's port side you you have something come in and do a critical hit with like your teleport hit and run or whatever and you disable the ship's starboard weapons oh great that's not important right now like i'm, I'm getting Yay. beat to crap um but what would be nice is giving that ship a minus one to its leadership uh, so it would have a harder time trying to brace or lock on to you and the Night Lords can play those games real well. Um, and it is cumulative. So you start throwing, you know, three or four Thunderhawks or whatever at somebody, and they all, you know, drop the guy's leadership by four. He's just not doing anything. Um, yeah. And then, of and course, then like... He's Steven, touching blast markers. Or, yeah. You know, you've got an Emperor's Children's ship close by as well, then... Mm -hmm. surprisingly the night lords are really good team players yeah who would have thought um and i also really like their automatically being able to target a ship even when it's not the closest thing because uh, a lot of times experienced bfg players what they'll do is you know they'll run in with a pair of cruisers and you know a couple of lunars whatever they're both essentially the same thing to the, to the opponent so you fire at the closest one because it's closest, you know? And that ship gets beat to crap, and then the line sort of shimmies, and suddenly the fresh ship is in front, the crippled ship is in back, and you're, you're not, like, degrading their firepower anymore. you got to kind of start over again. The Night Lords don't care about those shenanigans. They're going to murder the crippled ship anyway. Yep. And that's brilliant, uh, because, you know, you only get full victory points if the thing is dead. If the thing is crippled and yet manages to flee the field, not so good. Yeah, less good anyway. Certainly yeah, it's certainly less good. less good. Yep. Many a time have I damaged one of Austin's ships really well, and he just played the the squadron conga line and shielded that crippled ship. Oh yeah, my light cruisers love playing that game. Because yeah. you get a solid Which... whack on a light cruiser, it'll become crippled. But for a Dauntless, that still means two Lances are coming out. So, yep. not really a loss. Just swap it for a fresh one. Continue murdering. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think we've probably mentioned crippled enough times, but I don't think we've ever actually explained what it means when a ship is crippled. I really hope we have, because that's really important and kind of basic, but let's do it again, just in case, because, hey, yep. we forgot for to fun. explain the rules of the game for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Professionals yep. here. Uh, so, yeah, what crippling does, if you're playing by the blue book, um, crippling, it only happens to capital ships, so that's the first caveat, uh, and it starts when you take half damage. So your eight-point cruiser 
suffers four points of damage, it becomes crippled. Um, I believe in the 2010 FAQ, that changes to more than 50% damage, and then you become crippled. Uh, but either way, once you are crippled, everything is halved, uh, and your so you're, well, not everything. So your speed is reduced by five centimeters. That's the first thing that happens to you. Because your engines are on fire. Because your engines are on fire, or you know, three quarters of the guys shoveling nuclear coal into it uh, are dead. Various bad things. The next thing that happens is because you're not shoveling in enough nuclear coal, you don't have a lot of power. So your shields uh, are halved, your turrets are halved, uh, and all your weapons are halved, which isn't good. It is rounded up, so if you have a, an odd number of weapons, it doesn't hurt quite as badly. So things like you know the Dauntless with three prow lances, it goes to two instead of you know, its weapons batteries, which four drop down to two. Um... But it really ruins your day, right? It makes you makes it a little hard to get away because you're a little bit slower. But more importantly, suddenly you've you've lost the fight. Essentially, if you're fighting a cruiser with another cruiser and yours gets crippled, you're not dead. You probably have a long way to go still before you're officially going to be dead. You're not dead, but, but you sure wish you were. Certainly lost. <laughs> You've yep. lost, and you need to get away. Mm -hmm. uh, and crippled ships give up portions of their total victory points at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. But, interestingly enough, uh, you can run with a crippled ship, and that's fine. Uh, it doesn't give up as many victory points as, if, as you would if the ship had been fully destroyed. Uh, so even if you're playing kind of one-off games for Battlefleet Gothic... A lot of the time, you just, you know, say, all right, I've been beat to crap. Uh, it's not super useful on the field now anyway, so we're going to try and run. Which is fun, because not a lot of games reward you for fleeing the field with parts of your force. Mm -hmm. Now, although Austin said, and it is true, that once you're crippled, you've lost the fight. Um there are still times, particularly when you've squadroned ships up, um, when a crippled ship can continue to be a huge pain in the ass. Uh, mm -hmm. Because take the uh, take the, the the Gothic, for instance, with its four lances. If you cripple it, it's only firing two lances. But two lances is still the quote-unquote, average number of lances on any other ship with lances. Uh, the Murder has two lances in the prow. The Hades has two lances on its dorsal fin. Mm. Um, Lunar's got a couple. Yeah. Lunar's got a couple of lances. So, so it's not dead by it, any means. Yeah. Still, it's still useful. Yes. Um, a crippled ship, which you now cannot finish killing because it's squadroned up with a friend is now just ha-ha, ha-ha, ha, just plinking you with two lances every shooting phase. And I've seen it happen plenty of times where a ship gets crippled, kind of shimmies to the back of the line where it's not in the main line of fire, and still gets kills. Yeah, it kind of gets forgotten about uh, as your opponent's trying to fight the 
the things that are actually doing a lot of damage. And next thing you know, it's those two lances from a locked-on but crippled gothic that polish off your battleship. Uh-huh. Not that I'm and there are a few things experience. that's frustrating. <laughs> There's a few things as frustrating as playing through the game, crippling something, continuing the game to the end, losing, and then looking and being like, hey, wait a second, didn't I kill that thing? No. No, it no, disengaged or was hiding on the other side of a dust cloud because you managed to not be able to hit it when you were trying desperately to finish it off because you failed that leadership check. And ended up having to blow your load on some dumb squadron of escorts. Not so, the Night Lords. You will get your man. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so the Gloriana, the, uh, the Night Lords Gloriana is the Nightfall. It is 420 points and is based off of the Emperor, which Imperial players will know and love as their big baby mothership ordinance monster yep so battleship 12 as always uh the nightfall is not the fastest gloriana it clocks in at 15 centimeters 45 degree turns four shields five up armor it lacks the armored prow and five turrets so it's well defended from enemy ordnance it has two firepower six 60 centimeter weapons batteries on its port and starboard sides it has a dorsal weapons battery uh, at the same distance, but five, and a prow bombardment cannon, five at 60 centimeters. And then the cream of the crop is its port and starboard launch bays, both launching four squadrons of Thunderhawks. Yeah, you're when you take the Nightfall, you're not really here for the weapons. I mean, like, it's not a bad setup. You can throw 11 weapons battery out side, you know, five bombardment cannon. But there's a lot of ships that can do that. That shouldn't get you up in the morning. But eight Thunderhawks is a bad time for pretty much anybody. Yep. And they're not that fast, but they go 40 centimeters a turn. So they're faster than torpedoes. Well, no, they're not. No, they're not. Let's go 60. They do. Math is hard. Math is hard. Uh, So what do you do with those Thunderhawks? Because it is a Night Lord's vessel which means that you can elect to perform those hit-and-run attacks and impose negative one penalties. But each successful hit-and-run attack launched from the Nightfall imposes a permanent negative one modifier to the target vessel in addition to any other damage. So with the Nightfall, you can have the best of both worlds. You can do a critical hit and disable starboard weapons and inflict a negative one to their leadership, which, unlike regular old uh, garden market night lords, is permanent. Yeah, and the effect is cumulative. So not only does it stack with any other leadership shenanigans that's going on, it stacks with itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, you launch eight Thunderhawks at a thing, uh, maybe a fun, you know, leadership 10, the enemy flagship. Uh, it gets a couple of Thunderhawks, doesn't matter, you've got six more. You do six hit-and-run attacks. Suddenly, it's a Leadership 4 flagship for the rest of the game. Yep. We're not saying the captain is dead, but he sure wishes he was. Yeah, he is flayed, sewn into his command throne, and probably 
on every Vox and pick feed of the ship. It's a bad time. It's a bad, bad time. Bad time. No one's happy. Normally they say that in space no one can hear you scream, but they can. The Night Lords have perfected the technology of letting your screams be heard in space. Yep, they can hear you. You thought they, they weren't will. inventive, but oh boy, aren't they. Yep. So, what happens if you uh, if you bring the Night Lord, you know, or the, the Night Lord, the Nightfall, in, say, Exterminatus? Well, like its sister ship, the Iron Blood, the Nightfall counts as an exterminator without contributing to the number of exterminators in your fleet. Now, normally the, the Emperor can't be an exterminator mm-hmm. because you actually have to replace a prow. Oh, wait, no, it has a prow weapons battery. Never mind. Huh, forget what I just said. It's fine. There yeah, is one it's... downside to using uh, the Nightfall kind of narratively, uh, and that is, of course, that it was blown up. In about the middle of the heresy. Johnson. Yeah. So, you know, we we recommend you start your campaign at the beginning of the Thromas Crusade and just uh, don't let Lionel Johnson blow it up. Yep. How hard can that that be, really? (laughs) I mean, it's it's fine. (laughs) It's only a 15-centimeter speed ship. (laughs) Shouldn't be that hard to catch, right? But do you want to catch it? Do you? Mm, yeah. If you do play uh, the Emperor in a narrative setting, though, and you're using the narrative Gloriana rules, then you have a 24-point hull ship, or 24-hull point ship to look forward to, with 24 weapons batteries per side, 15 dorsal weapons batteries, and 15 bombardment cannons. And can we also say 10 turrets? 10 don't, turrets. Don't bother like having fighter escort for it. It'll be fine. It will be fine, yeah. <laughs> and eight squadrons per launch bay. Which is just it's, kind of unfathomably rude, really. When you it's here for a good it. time and a long time. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to do anything to it because you're going to have a nothing but leadership two ships from all the Thunderhawks boarding you constantly. Now, speaking of your leadership as it pertains to a Gloriana-class battleship, the Gloriana's narrative uh, gameplay have a special rule called Overwhelming Might. And I don't remember if we've gone over this before, but we're going to talk about it again. Yeah, I think we have, but hit it again. It's important. To even be in the shadow of a Gloriana is to shake the nerve of a hostile crew, and many captains know that to stray too close is to court instant death. At the start of its turn, any enemy ship or squadron within 15 centimeters of a Gloriana must take a command check. If that check has failed, the ship slash squadron must move its full distance to maneuver as far away from the Gloriana as it can. So say you've gotten, you've, you've worked up your nerve. You're like, I'm going to go get the Nightfall. I'm ready. Here we, here we go. Let's do it. Everybody's made their oaths or made whatever sacrifices they needed to, and they get up there, and you take a few points of leadership getting up there, but you're there. You're ready. Guns are charged. And then you fail your leadership check. And then you run. And now you have to run away. Which is just how the Night Lords like you. Mm-hmm. Also, I should hit it again, is the carrier capacity rule. Um, 
Actually, no. We don't need to mess with that. I take it back. I take it back. Okay. Not just forget you heard anything. You heard nothing. I'm not even going to ask Jesse to edit this part out, guys, because we're open. Yep. It'll um, just be a. It'll be a. Um, yeah, I got all excited egg. thinking. Yeah, an Easter egg. A, a preview. We've talked about. But this we can talk it's about fine. a different rule for the Glorianas, since the Nightfall is the first Gloriana we've talked about that has uh, quote-unquote narrative restrictions, which is to say if you play after the Thromus Crusade, don't bring it because it's spinning space junk. Uh, the Glorianas have a rule called Pride of the Legion. Glorianas represent the might of the Legion and do not steer from the fight. Their loss is a catastrophic blow. So if you're playing the Thromus Crusade and Lionel Johnson does get all up on your business with uh, maybe the Invincible Reason or any number of other Dark Age ships that he has at his disposal. A Gloriana may only disengage by leaving a table edge. So if you're crippled and everything's on fire and everyone's having a bad time, you can't just turn off all the lights and go home. You have to sail off of an edge, yeah. which is difficult considering that the Nightfall only has 15 centimeters of movement. Yeah, it's a hard time. Uh, my, my advice is just don't, don't get blown up. Like, don't need mm -hmm. to leave the table. Be a hero. Additionally, <laughs> if a Gloriana is destroyed, the opposing player automatically gains 1,000 victory points. And again, that's on top of actually destroying the damn thing. Yes. So you get more victory points for destroying a Gloriana than you do in most games, just full stop. Uh-huh. And if you somehow manage to uh, still hold the field, if you've if your fleet is still around after managing to destroy a Gloriana, and you hold the field and therefore the Hulk, it's worth an additional 1,000 victory points. Yeah, so, you know, we, we had these mainly for the poor bastards who, being heroes, decide, yeah, no, boy, like, bring your Gloriana. Like, I don't have one, but, like, that doesn't bother me. Let's go for it. Because, uh, one, you're all heroes for doing it, mm -hmm. showing up. Mm -hmm. In the sky, and, you might say. Indeed. And then if you actually do destroy that Gloriana, you know, that's about twenty-three to 2,500 points to you if you hold the field. Uh, we think you just deserve the victory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything, is, uh, everything is horrible, but at least you won. The 5,000 survivors of your you know, 1.2 million man fleet will no doubt rejoice. Yes, and maybe go on to captain ships of their own, mostly because all the other officers are dead. That acting fifth lieutenant getting his own ship, being a hero. Congratulations. You're a captain now. Enjoy this firestorm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yay, one shield, one hull point. But 90 degrees of turn. The Emperor giveth and the Emperor taketh away. With explosions and fire. Would you like a shout out on our podcast? Maybe discounts on our Teespring store? Maybe you'd like to vote for upcoming Heresy Grad School topics? Hang out in a private Discord server? Or maybe even just getting a fun podcast sticker? If you're interested in any of that, consider becoming a patron. Patreon funds help for server costs and allows us to make cool content for you to enjoy. Patronage also helps us pay for projects such as our Nova Open Charitable Foundation Army, The Honored, and Ultramarine Zone Metallus Force will be up for charity raffle coming this year. 
If you're interested in getting in on the action, consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. Thank you. A big shout out to all our July patrons, starting with our Praetor tier, Alex Self, Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Gardner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Josh Phillips, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quanga. On to our Centurion tier, we have Andrew N., Angry Boy, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Mark Henry, Minis by Applesauce, Scott LeMay, and Black Label Painting. And on to our Sergeant tier, we have Aaron Maynard, Duncan, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, and Travis Smith. Thank you all so much for your support. So, let's say, uh, you know, you're not going to bring a Gloriana to this fight because you're a gentleman. What sort of battleship should you take as a Night Lord? And we thought about this for a while. We probably spent you know, 10 minutes before the episode talking about you know, what ships we would like for Night Lords, because neither of us play a Night Lord's fleet. Uh, and we settled on the Apocalypse. Uh, sweet, sweet Apocalypse. Which was fun, because while we think it's very both thematic and useful for Night Lords, it's not a ship that in you know, kind of regular Battlefleet Gothic people like. Uh, and there's, there's a reason for it. We'll get to it in a second. So it's 15 centimeter speed, four shields, five up, six up armor, four turrets, kind of your basic battleship uh, setup. And then it has port and starboard lance batteries that are 30 centimeter firepower six which is atrocious. Like, six lances out of side is going to give someone a bad time. Uh, it's got a dorsal God, weaponry. Dude, that's, even, that's even ignoring being locked on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got a dorsal weapons battery, 60 centimeters, firepower six, uh, that goes left, front, right. So that's, you know, that's what you're using to bat down the shields, and then your six lances do damage. And then it's got prow torpedoes uh, for strength nine. But where it gets interesting is that if you lock on with an Apocalypse, you can elect to increase the range of its lances to 60 centimeters for that shooting phase. Uh, however, if you do that, uh, the ship suffers an immediate thruster damage critical hit, uh, which is minus 5 centimeters to your speed... I'm sorry, minus 10 centimeters to your speed, and you take a point of damage. And, that's, and remember that it's already a 15 centimeter speed ship. Yes, so it essentially becomes a station. Like, it yeah. becomes and very if, slow uh, until you fix it. And you are yeah, going to have done you know, it with the uh, blast markers. You're just not going to move. Yes. So the trick is have a lot, like, don't do this when you're crippled, right? But if you're rolling 10 or 11 dice to fix crippling hits, you know, it's early game, you've got plenty of shields, why not? And throw a 60 centimeter lance out there. But that is one of the reasons why, in you know, kind of regular Battlefleet Gothic, uh, people don't like to bring it. Uh, and the fluff reason for this is they have they're they're a precursor to the retribution, uh, so they assume. Uh, and just when you have that funky technology in 30k and 40k, you know, it's going to be better than normal. The problem is in this instance, that the lasers are better than normal, but the engines aren't. <laughs> it's pretty well, much what it comes are, down to. The lasers are basically hooked up to the same uh, power grid that the engines are. 
Yes. So every everything runs off you know the engine's power plant, uh, and you know if this was the twentieth millennium, breaker, I guess. Yeah, if this was the twentieth millennium, the circuit breakers would work, the engine would be cold fusion, and these lasers would be shooting at sixty centimeters all the time. However, uh, ten thousand years later, we just have some incense and essential oils instead of circuit breakers and firing them at 60 centimeter range and waking up, you know, the extra fancy targeting systems that let them hit that long kind of overtax your uh, guys shoveling nuclear coal into the reactor. Sometimes they explode and die, but it's sometimes they explode. Exactly. But we really like this ship because if you're, if you're taking it in a normal sort of fleet, um, Eh, is kind of the the summation of it. Um, you don't really like by the time you're trying to like run down ships and all of this, uh, it doesn't work, right? Like you've already taken damage, right? You don't want to do it and then risk not passing uh, the order to shoot at the farthest thing, right? Because you got to you got to pick that, hey, I'm going to 60-centimeter range of shooting once you do the orders, right? So you pass that lock-on order, and then you say, eh, I'm going to keep 30, or no, I'm going to go to 60. So you do that, and then in the shooting phase, you know, when you go out to hit that ship that's running with two hull points left at 50 centimeters, and you fail that leadership, you've damaged yourself for no reason. Night Lords don't care. Night Lords don't care, and six locked-on lances... Uh, with a six-weapons battery chaser, is going to kill that crippled ship. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no getting around it. Like, they gonna die. I mean, having said, if you say that, when you're about to roll, you will whiff with everything. Um, yes, but... Whatever you do, don't give the dice a reason to hate you. But do not tempt them. If we squint and only look at the math sideways damn near a guaranteed kill, or as close as you're going to get in the Battlefleet Heresy anyway. So we like it a yes. lot for them. It's a fun ship. It's not It's not my favorite battleship, which is the Desolator, but it does the job. Yeah, uh, honorable mention also should probably go to the Oberon, which we talked about uh, in the Space Wolves episode, because it's got a couple of 60-centimeter lances and weapons batteries. Uh, but also comes with launch bays, so you can get that sweet, sweet uh, assault boat Thunderhawk hit and run. Uh huh. And it bears noting that uh, the hit and run rule doesn't only apply to assault boats. If you do a teleport attack, you can still do the same thing. Yep. And that'll be um, arguably more useful in the moment because if you're doing that hit and run, it's going to be in the end phase. They're obviously right next to you and don't have shields. So they're obviously going to want to be on an order real, real bad next turn, be it brace for impact or lock on. And if you can drop that leadership by one, oh no, boss. Like, you're staying around? You're having a bad time. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's fun. You're going to notice that a lot of the ships that we talk about on this episode uh, in the context of the Night Lords all have one thing in common. And that's 60-centimeter lances. Yes. Uh, which, which are the executioner's weapon. Yeah, that's how you murder folk at long range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next one we're going to talk about is the Hades heavy cruiser. This uh, one, 
it's my downright favorite ship. All right. You want, to, you want to talk about it? You want to talk about sure, it? Sure, I'll, I'll talk about it. You talk about it all day. So the Hades, at first glance, um, looks like a murder. It is 30 points more. It's a Hades heavy cruiser at 200 points. Has 10 weapons batteries on both sides at a respectable 45 centimeters. It has a prow lance battery, two of them at 60 centimeters. And the nice little cherry on top is dorsal lance battery at 60 centimeters. The Hades heavy cruiser might be point for point the best single cruiser in the game. It's fast. It goes 25 centimeters. Um, you know, it doesn't have fancy uh, armored prowl, but like, who cares? Because it's going to be fighting at long range the whole time. The Hades cruiser can put, at the beginning of the game, four lances onto a target by zeroing in those dorsal weapons out forward and then putting its prow weapons on top of it. And four lances at any point in time is nothing to sneeze at. Mm -hmm. Because that is a battleship's worth of lances. It is, and it's also a really great format for the Night Lord's kind of execution, right? It's 25 centimeters, it's fast, it's kind of a pursuit predator. And once it's facing you, you've got those four lances. So if you're trying to run and it decides to chase you, you're just going to get shot to shit if there's nothing there to kind of draw its fire. And if you're a Night Lord's Hades, nothing is going to draw your fire. Yep. And 10 weapons batteries at 45 centimeters means that you can chip away at any other target running a beam of you before you actually get in close and dump all those shots onto them and then finish them off with, again, the dorsal, uh, the dorsal lance batteries. Mm -hmm. They shoot left, front, right, so you jump 10 weapons battery on something and then blast a couple of lances at it to finish it off. It is a fun ship. I wouldn't say it's the best ship point for point in the cruiser class, uh, but you do love a Hades, and I do hate yours, so you know there's something going yeah. there. <laughs> she's a she's a classy lady. She and a is a rude bitch. But God, that's so true. It's so very true. But yeah, they're they're a fun ship. What else? Then the Cardinal, which we swear has been here the whole time. Yes, the <laughs> Cardinal is the ship beside you. It is the ship behind you. The cardinal will gnaw on your bones. Indeed. Yes. Now, a brief note on the cardinal before we go into it. Uh, keen observers will see that the cardinal looks a lot like the Acheron. And we've gotten a lot of questions since the inception of the rules. Hey, why isn't the Acheron in the game? And it's because the Acheron wasn't invented yet. I'll die on this hill. So you get the Cardinal. Be happy. It's got torpedoes. It's true. We did science on it. Mm -hmm. And by science, I mean historical research. It's, it's kind of funny how many of sciences. the like ancient chaos ships uh, from Battle of the Gothic are only like four millennia old. Yeah. That's not ancient in Imperial standards. It's like last Tuesday. Yeah. 4,000 4, years ago, that was, shoot, last week. Time is both fake and very real. That's true. But anyway, the Cardinal Heavy Cruiser. Uh, it fulfills the same role as the Acheron, which is to say that among the heavy cruisers, it is the, um, the sniper. It's the heavy fire support 
ship. Uh, standard chaos um, loadout, you know, 25 centimeters of speed, five up armor. It's got the customary three turrets of a heavy cruiser. On its port and lance batteries, um, port and starboard lance batteries at 45 centimeters each with firepower two. It has a dorsal weapons battery at 60 centimeters, firepower six. And interestingly enough, it is one of the only chaos ships that has torpedoes, at least one of the only chaos cruisers that has torpedoes. It fires six torpedoes out of the front with the standard, you know, out of the box torpedoes, 30 centimeters. Mm -hmm. uh, now it is a little undergunned in my opinion. Um, just as somebody who played the Imperial Navy in regular Battlefleet Gothic, if I have port and starboard lances, and that's my only port and starboard weapon, there needs to be four of them, because that's what a Gothic has. Mm -hmm. uh, but they are longer range than a Gothic at 45 centimeters. And the Dorso weapons battery can, you know, fling onto a side. <laughs> this is not a ship for that you want in the middle of the action. This is a ship you want on the side of the action. Because throwing out six weapons battery, two lances on a side, isn't bad. Uh, the problem, of course, is the dorsal weapons battery is left, front, right, so you've got to kind of pick a direction and go with it. Mm -hmm. But as sort of a, a flanking, slashing ship, it does really well, because it is fast. It's got three turrets, which is a little more than normal for a cruiser. Uh, and those prow torpedoes, man, if you get you know on the end of any battle line, fire it off. Hit the first ship. That didn't work. Well, then just hit the second ship. It'll be fine. The Cardinal is uh, its kind of a weird stepchild because it has torpedoes instead of more weapons batteries. Yeah. That's what the Acheron originally had. I believe it had another six weapons batteries. So you could reliably knock down somebody's shields at that range and then pull off a couple of hull points with the lances. Um, but it means that the Cardinal, compared to the Acheron, actually has better close-range defense. Um, if something is sneaking up on the Cardinal or has gotten through a screen and the Cardinal knows, well, I'm going to have to fight that ship in a second. It can turn two and then hit them with torpedoes, mm -hmm. which is always a daunting task to suddenly have to stare down torpedoes. It's a sphincter clenching moment to stare down the barrel of six torpedoes, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're within like 30 or 40 centimeters so you know you got to hit them. Yep. And if, you, uh, if you're running a Night Lord's fleet, but you haven't put Night Lord Astartes on the bridges, torpedoes are always a weapon that don't care about who's closest. If you aim them correctly, mm -hmm. you can always hit who you want. That's true. Uh, and if you do have Night Lords on the ship, may I suggest the gentleman checks out boarding torpedoes. They're real ah, fun, yes. and they do hit and run attacks. It's true. I always forget about boarding torpedoes yeah. consistently. Is it a is it one hit and run attack per torpedo or yes. is it one for the wave? One per torpedo, just like Thunderhawks and everything else. Alright, shit, yeah, you can dump six uh six leadership penalties onto a target. Right. Then turn around and give them the give them the broadside. Yep. It it can be a real nasty time. Real mm -hmm. nasty time. Mm-hmm. Um, other honorable mentions for a Night Lord fleet uh, with um, 60 centimeter lances 
include the Devastation Cruiser, which we talked about in the last episode. It's actually the um, the long-range Lance Cruiser with bays. Yeah. The Styx um, Heavy Cruiser. Big carrier capacity. Has some 60-centimeter weapons and lances. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can do some Nazi stuff uh, both yep. sides the, of the coin. Uh, the Murder Cruiser, uh, the, the little brother of the Hades, has two prow uh, weapons batteries. Yeah, or not weapons, batteries, uh, lances. You know what I mean. And uh, that's it's mostly what we have for the Night Lords today. It feels yeah. like a short episode. But honestly, when we started doing this, we thought 40 minutes was going to be our standard chunk. Uh, and it's that true. is what we're at. Uh, so it's not like we shortchanged though. That's true. That's true. Uh... Yeah, it's good times. Any other night lordy things? No, yeah. uh, don't don't really have anything. Um, oh, uh, the light cruisers. Light cruisers aren't really in the night lord wheelhouse as far as making use of their legion trait goes. Uh, but strike cruisers are a pretty good like if you're gonna use night night lords light cruisers. Night lords light cruisers. Uh, the strike cruiser is the way to go. It's fast. It's got that six-up armor, and you can make it into a little thunderhawk boat. Like that's all it does is just dump thunderhawks onto things and reduce their leadership. It's true. It's a fun time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like a good light cruiser, and you know that. Yeah, I know you do. Stupid <laughs> dauntlesses. Uh, so yeah, that I think that's that's all we got going for today. But uh, next time around. We're going to talk about uh, Blood Angels. Blood Angels, I guess. Yeah. Blood Angels, or whatever else you ask us to talk about, really. Yeah, unless you got We're something else you. that you're more interested in. Because uh, really, uh, who likes Blood Angels? Ponzi and Team Edward. Nobody. <clears throat> They're the worst. <laughs> they do have a really fun Legion rule, though, and we'll get there. Yeah, we're, we will get there. Um, you'll get to. You'll probably get a little more insight into what it was like to write Legion rules, because we struggled with the Blood Angels for well, a really long struggled time. Struggled mightily. And I will say, we struggled a little bit with the Night Lords, too. Because, at least when I was writing them way back in the day, I thought at first about giving them uh, kind of a Mark of Slanesh type thing. That, you know, they'd just broadcast torturing people to death, and that would freak you out. Uh, but, of course, if you're going to give anybody the Mark of Slanesh, that goes to the Emperor's Children, and then what? But overall, yeah. I'm pretty happy with how, we did, uh, how they turned out. I think out. we did rewrite the Night Lord's rules a couple times. I don't mm-hmm. even remember what we originally had for them anymore, but it was something up with this. It was something very similar to Emperor's Children, and we were like, eh, this is very similar to Emperor's Children. <laughs> and we settled on this, which I do like. It, I've played against a Night Lord's fleet a couple of times, and man, that leadership subtraction is frustrating and crazily good. Um, so if this was the Lance episode, next episode will be the Battery episode. True story. So, until that time, remember, there are monsters between the stars. Good hunting. Good hunting. We hold the life power, try not to anger us. Trunks of the fine line, there is death near at hand. We are the dark children, spawn of the incubus. Depths of the nighttime are the lands we command. 
We hold the life power, try not to anger us. Treads off the time when there is death near at hand. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30K podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website, RR30K.com for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1929-437-3791. That's 1929-HERESY1. And you can also leave us an email at the Retreat at gmail.com. Thanks again.